Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network on Yahoo Sports Radio. Our next guest is not only one of the finest coaches in the NFL that I've been around, but he's one of the finest people I've been around, too. George Seifert was the defensive coordinator who shut down Dan Marino in Super Bowl 19, and the head coach who went on to win two Super Bowls, including one as a rookie head coach, and compile an astounding 98-30 and 30 record in San Francisco. George, always a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you. Well, I look forward to visiting with you. George, I mentioned you won two Super Bowls as a head coach, but you also won two as a defensive coordinator. So you were part of four Super Bowl teams. If they played each other, which of those teams would win? You know, um, it, it, that's always tough. I think they're all, obviously, if you're a Super Bowl team, you're a heck of a club. And I was fortunate enough also to, to be with uh, Bill Walsh as the defensive back coach when we won his first Super Bowl uh, in, in Detroit. But as I look at the teams overall, uh, I would say probably the 1984 team, the one that beat Miami at Stanford. And then I would say uh, our last Super Bowl team, the 94 team. Uh, that was, you know, there are quite a few stars on that. I think five or six Hall of Fame players were on that team. George, I was there for that 94 NFC title game victory over the Cowboys. Considering the pressure you were under to win with reports, probably from Clark, that you're coaching for your job, <laughs> was there ever a more satisfying victory? You know, I I think the, the way I looked at it as a coach, and, and I think you pretty much have to, you're coaching for your job every game that you are involved with. Uh, there's no question everybody's aware, or not everybody, but most were aware at that time that it was kind of a, a do-or-die time, but, you know, you're so wrapped up in coaching the ball game and working that particular season, working with the players, and, and we had a number of new players, as I mentioned before. I, I don't know. The, the, the stress that you feel is something that you just kind of becomes part of the, of the position, and, and you kind of thrive on it, actually, and I, I don't know I felt any more pressure than I did when I was a defensive backfield coach working for uh, Bill Walsh. I think that, that can be pretty stressful as well. Uh, you know, one of the things that struck uh, struck me, I think probably struck us all, George, uh, about that year was that you distanced yourself from uh, the kind of age-old charge that you won with Walsh's players. This was six years later, and you won with your own players. And, and I would think it had to be satisfying to, to at least know internally that, you know, this was my team, not some team I inherited from from another great coach. Well, I, I, I don't know if I really looked at it so much that way. I, I I would say that the years that I coached, I, I probably feel that that was one of the best coaching jobs that, that I did. If, if I were to rank them, maybe my first year at Carolina would, would fit into that category as well. But I think uh, the thing that I felt very positive about was the fact that we did have so many players from the outside. I think we've all seen sports teams over the years bring in you know, the, the great players, and now these players are supposed to come together and, and guarantee success, and, and more often than not, that doesn't happen. So the fact that, that we were able to, as a coaching staff and as a team, and within the locker room, bring everybody together and have them play at, at such a high level, yeah, I feel very good about it, no question about it. We're speaking with former head coach George Seifert. George, I'm glad you mentioned your stint as a defensive backfield coach because that actually was a fifth Super Bowl ring that you collected too. So you got a lot of them, one for every finger. But we've been talking about the value of rings to coaches and whether they should be used as a measuring stick when talking about the Hall of Fame. As someone who won two as a head coach, where do you stand on that? Well, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, obviously it has an impact. 
uh, I, I think as well, uh, you know, there's contributions that coaches make. I think, you know, from what I understand, there's there's a, a, certainly a push to see if Don Coriel uh, can get into the Hall of Fame and, and his, you know, innovative passing game was uh, something that influenced professional football. So I think there are other things, things that coaches may have done over the years from a defensive standpoint to change the game. And uh, I, I think there, all of that uh, is, is part of a resume probably for a Hall of Fame coach. George Clark mentioned your astounding record in San Francisco. What did you learn coaching under Bill Walsh that you could apply as a head coach when you took over? And how difficult was it to form your own identity following him? Well, first off, the, the latter part of your question, I don't know that I ever tried to form my own identity. I grew up in the system. I, I'd worked for Bill for nine years. And uh, so uh, during that period, we, we started out not winning many games. And so I was, I felt I was always a part as I think all of us did coaching and players that we're part of the growth of what, what took place. And Eddie provided a, a great environment and, and build kind of the structure. And so the things that we did, obviously I believed and I was a part of the growth of it. And it was a matter of continuing that. I didn't feel as though it was then my job to say, okay, you know, we're going to change the offense and be a ball control football team. I may have been ludicrous. We had a great offense, great offensive scheme. Our defensive scheme had been successful. And so it, it was a matter of we had, we had one outstanding coaches. Um, two of the greats that people don't talk about a lot, Bob McKittrick, our offensive line coach, and Bill McPherson, who was a defensive coach. They were kind of our secret weapons and, and I guess you'd say foundation of, of, of the teams over those years. And uh, it, it was a matter, I, I knew what the, the job was. The job was to win championships. It's kind of interesting in that when we first started out, if we went 500, you know, every, everybody was, you know, elated. And then all of a sudden we let the, the genie out of the bottle and we start winning championships. And then that was the expectation, which is great. I, I think it should be that way, and I think it helped us in the long run. It's funny you mentioned that, George, because Parcells always used to talk about that. And he always used to say, it's the coach's curse. Your job is to win, and the more you win, uh, the more they they won't let you lose at all. The next thing you know, they fire you. <laughs> it just sort of seems well, like the, the yeah, nature. That's, that's part of the deal. And then, but you would rather have it that way. I mean, I would, and I think most coaches would. You know, the the, the fact that uh, you know Eddie, you know, he enjoyed winning championships, and and that was the standard. And uh, I think everybody accepted it, and it was the reason that when we would start a season everybody was prepared and ready to go and and uh there was only one goal and i I don't think that's bad you're you're one of several retired coaches to have won two super bowls and also not be in the hall of fame Uh, jimmy johnson is another tom flores uh mike shanahan excluding yourself uh if you could vote for one of those guys or put your hand on and put him in the hall of fame which one might it be? Do I have to pick one? Because I say they all actually, you know, Tom <laughs> Flores uh, obviously followed, uh, you know, a, a great coach and af- actually, I believe, exceeded, you know, what John Madden had done as, as a head coach. I, I don't know that. But I think he won a couple of Super Bowls. Yep, John, I right. believe, won one. Is that right? Yeah, so I, right. I think what, what, what Flores did and, and uh, you know, but I, <laughs> I mean, it's difficult to say that, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson doesn't belong, or Mike Shanahan, for that matter. Uh, you know, going in there, have, he had some experience in Denver, but going in and, and seeing to it that uh, John John Elway was uh, 
was a dramatically improved uh, quarterback, I thought, once he and Mike start working together again. We're speaking with former head coach George Seifert on the Talk of Fame Network. And George, simple question. How would you like to be coaching defenses today in a league <laughs> where it practically outlaws it? It's difficult. I, 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 I shake my head. I have, you know, I understand what everybody's trying to accomplish in protecting players. And, and uh, I, you know, but I, I always worry about the fact that, you know, sometimes people get injured more by trying to pull off and, and slow down at the wrong time. But, you know, there's, it's obviously an issue. It's something the league has to, has to uh, face up to or protect the, the players. In fact, whenever I was coaching, I, I, I would start the season and, and the number one thing I'd say, or my number one responsibility, I would tell the team was their safety. And I honestly believe that. And uh, we would try to teach tackling and, you know, practice in a way that we were going to protect our players. It's but, but to answer your question, you know, fortunately, I, I have to worry about the, the salmon bite now or what kind of deer hunting season it's going to be. You know, those are my, those are my, my, uh, my problems at this particular time. George, you mentioned Eddie and the pressure of coaching for Eddie. What was the best and worst things about working for him, and what do you think of his nomination for the Hall of Fame? Well, first of all, I, 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 I believe that you know, he should be a, a shoo-in. That's the way I look at it. And I, not because of my, my former employer, but, well, I, I guess I would say because he was, because I, I saw what he did and the environment he created uh, and and the togetherness and family atmosphere that he created that allowed our team to, to you know be the best that it could be, and uh, he did so many little things. I think you, all of that's well documented. He he did hire Bill Walsh. He was the one responsible for that that hire to kind of kickstart everything, and then he saw to it that Bill and myself had what we needed. You know things were a little different then. Uh, you know I. I, I Famous statement to me always was, you know, what do you need, George? And but but that was, there was a price, you know. What do you need? And if you got what you needed, then by God, you better get it done. So, as I mentioned before, I understood that everybody understood it, and uh, I think we thrived on it. Actually, we've had uh, Hall of Famer Charles Haley on our show several times. Great guest. He spoke about uh, how meaningful it was for him to return to San Francisco and win the '92 Conference Championship game. You coached Charles. Uh, and Clark tells me that uh, he could be a trying experience, uh, and that's being diplomatic. Do you ever second-guess the decision to trade him to Dallas, a difficult though he was to deal with? Yeah, yeah. first off, absolutely. You know, I've had a number of visits with Charles. In fact, uh, you know, just recently he was inducted in the San Francisco 49er Hall of Fame, and, uh, you know, I was I was there for that. And, and I, but prior to that, I think a couple of years ago, Charles and I had a couple of meetings, and... Uh, and, and they're very positive, and I consider Charles a friend. Uh, yeah, that was a, mis- a mistake. I mean, I, I, I think I would have handled it better had I had him another year or two under my belt, you might say, as a head coach. Uh, there were problems, uh, but it's the responsibility of the coach to, to deal with problems. There, there were not a lot of problems on our team, and at that particular time, there was a problem. And, uh, you know, I, I you look back, it's like losing a ball. It's like you know, we lost the championship game to the New York Giants. I'll never forget it. It was a loss. Covering, I remember when I was playing high school football in San Francisco in 1957, we lost the city championship on Thanksgiving Day to Balboa High School. And, and I never forget it. I never forget the New York Giant game. I don't forget the 
the mistakes I maybe made during the course of my career uh, with regard to personnel. It was unfortunate that worked out that way. George, quick question, last one too. Why don't you do any more Visa commercials? That 1995 commercial was gold. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I can't dance or sing like that anymore. I've tried, <laughs> believe me. But, yeah, there's not enough wine, I guess, that I can consume. No, that was uh, that was a lot of fun and, and uh, you know, but uh, I think the, the singing and dancing days are over. <laughs> George, it's been a lot of fun, too. Thank you so much, and good luck with the salmon bite, whether it's in Bodega Bay or Thank Tahoe. Thank you very much, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I appreciate it, and, and you guys have a great day. Thanks, George. Thanks, Thanks George. George. That was former coach George Seifert. When we return, we'll talk about why George and others with Super Bowl rings should be Hall of Fame candidates. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.